Why? Why? If you Why? have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this Why? a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's anniversary sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. Sunny, breezy, and unseasonably cool. 31 degrees here in the Twin Cities. Northwest winds at 18, gusting to 28 miles an hour. By tomorrow, there'll be hardly a breeze at all, but uh, it'll it'll stay windy. The wind was just howling yesterday. And let's go outdoors. Steve Carney joins us. SteveCarneyOutdoors.com. Steve-O, how you been? Um, kind of crabby, Steve. Yeah. Um, good afternoon. Yeah, this weather just is just horrible. I just, uh, I've been packed and ready to go to the Missouri River for two weeks, and I can't get two nice days in a row. It's uh, kind of depressing. Yeah, and one of the things uh, about this, we, we got a sneak peek of spring a week ago, and then kind of back to reality, and it looks like the weather's going to stay crummy for, for another week or so. Yeah, and, you know, they've had just tons of wind out there, just like yeah. we have almost every day. It's 20 to 35-mile-an-hour winds, which is pretty tough out on that big water. So uh, ice fishing is pretty much done, Steve. I actually dropped my four-wheeler into a bunch of slush uh, a couple days ago and ended up having to winch it out. So that was the official end of my ice fishing season. It's You know, we still have plenty of ice. That's what's really strange. There's a good 20, 22 inches of ice, but... We've got this slush and open water that's on the top, and boy, you, you hit these pockets and you just sink, and you got to keep on going to get through it, and it's just not worth it right now. It's just uh, it's too dicey. I, I just tell everybody, hey, forget it. It's over. Put your stuff away, and let's look at open water. Yeah, it's one of those deals where even if we do get a stretch of colder than normal weather, like uh, we just hit 32 degrees a moment ago here in the cities, and cooler up north that that just isn't enough to save it yeah we're just kind of in this pattern you know where it's very cold and you know we got this storm coming in the middle of this week which really kind of disrupts the whole week i was hoping to get out out west this week but this is right in the middle of the week so kind of keeping an eye on that and it looks like it's going to turn around you know once you get into april but things are really you know they're holding on and i think you know, because of this, we're going to have really late ice out, and I think it's going to be, I think a lot of lakes are going to have ice out right during the week of openers, so it, it's not looking good for any type of early ice out at all. Yeah, and you you, you kind of predicted earlier, you really never know, we, we could jump up and have a super warm April and things could get back on track, but, you know, you've talked about uh, the walleye opener, you know, it, it could be really tough. And I'll be touching going a lot of lakes if the ice is actually out. 
Yeah, I'm telling people, you know, start thinking about southern Minnesota and down by Faribault, Owatonna, and then down by Hendricks and, you know, southwestern Minnesota and start thinking about this because those lakes are going to be maybe a week to 10 days ahead of north country. And, you know, the water temperature could be 10, 12 degrees warmer, and I think it's going to be the typical opener. Um, you know, you want to start south or southwest, and I think it's going to be a really good move because the water is going to be so cold in, in north country, I think, with this late ice out, that your odds are going to be a lot better the farther south you are. Yeah, and Steve, that that has been your strategy for all the years we've been visiting on the radio that, uh, you know, people have traditional openers and want to get to the cabin and get the cabin open and all of that. But if you really want to catch fish, you know, you, you focused maybe on the border waters. And as you pointed out, southern Minnesota, just because, you know, the water temps. And then this year, once again, there's still so much ice. It's not good ice at the moment, but, you know, it's it's going to be a challenge to, to catch fish, even if there is open water. Well, you know, you have a choice. You know, you put your boat on your trailer and you have a choice. Do I want to go down south and southwest and catch fish that are spawning or just post-spawn and active? Or do you want to go up north and deal with fish that are, you know, in very cold water where the ice just went out two or three days? I mean, it's really, you have to be willing to go to where the action is. And like the Missouri River, you know, on, on the inland opener here, is just rocking. I mean, it's just going, and those fish are post-spawn and biting, but again, in North Country, they're just not quite there yet. So, you know, if you have a trailer and you got a boat, be willing to move, because it's. I think it's going to be the spring where a guy's going to have to move, and we also know, Steve, that there's really not going to be an official governor's opener this year. Uh, that kind of fell apart, and, you know, a lot of feelers were put out to cities and towns, and nobody stepped up, so it looks like it's going to be kind of an abbreviated governor's opener, uh, probably with not a lot of hoopla. Yeah, and it, it sounds like I, I saw a story about this on the news, and it's it sounds like uh, he, he'll be on the Leech Lake Reservation uh, on the 14th, if memory... I mean, like I say, there, there there was a lot of talk about the opener, and um, it, it is a big deal every year. And, and traditionally, the governor's fishing opener has been a big deal, and communities step up, whether it's you know uh, here in uh, the central or southern part of the state or in northern Minnesota, it has been a big deal. Yeah, well, last year, Steve, it was up in Ottertail County where I am, and the city put out over $80,000 to host this. And, you know, you've got, got to put people up at hotels and extra boats and um, yeah. press. And, you know, there's a lot of expense. And a lot of the cities and towns, you know, this year just couldn't come up with it. And, you know, it's, it's a big expense. You get, you know, great publicity. It's great for your area. But a lot of these towns and cities don't have that kind of money to host something like that. So it kind of all fell apart. Now they're talking about 2023 and you know, it's it's cash output, which, you know, things are tight right now. So I kind of understand why, but I'm a little disappointed that, you know, it, it's being, the outdoors is being kind of um, thrown to the sidelines because it's, um, you know, it's a big deal. And participation now among fishermen and hunters is more than it's ever been. License sales are, are off the charts. But again, it's kind of being de-emphasized in the press and, you know, which is kind of a sad thing. Yeah, and uh, one other thing we wanted to bring up, we talk about open water. 
Um, I, I'm staring at a lot of open water, the Mississippi River. Now, the, the river's up, and it's running fast, and uh, there's, there's some ice chunks floating down the river uh, out my window, but um, it is an opportunity, and uh, it is an opportunity at open water, and you've, you've talked about river fishing. Um, give us a minute or two on that and your thoughts. I, I, I know it can be very difficult. The water's cold. It's moving fast. You've got to know what you're doing. Yeah, well, really, Steve, the conditions right now are really pretty ideal, yep. and a lot of the fishing is going on right now in the in the Mississippi River down by Red Wing and, you know, through that area, and, you know, the current is fine. People are catching fish on, you know, on nice days, which is great. Uh, Rainy River is just starting to open up. A lot of the accesses up on Frontier are open. Um, that's going gangbusters right now, and that'll continue until the middle of April you got the Missouri River going. So there's all kinds of options happening, and I'm hoping that the border waters, you know, that ice gets off about the 7th or 8th of April, and then that'll start. So it's it's just kind of around the corner. It's just kind of a tough time right now. We're all kind of, you know, just champing at the bit, as you say. But what what can you do? Yeah, you, just, you can't do anything about the weather, Steve. I've heard that more than once. Uh, <laughs> hey, Steve, Always good to visit with you. We'll, we'll do it again in a week. All right. Sounds great, Steve. Have a great weekend. All right. There he is, Steve Carney. Steve Carney, outdoors.com. It is 4.15. We're going to come back, talk boys hoops. Big one tonight. The defending champs, YZ, take on number one Park Center for the 4A championship at Williams Arena. Brian Schnettler, head coach of the Trojans, joins us in a moment here on News Talk. 830 WCCO. Championship Saturday at the Boys State Basketball Tournament. Uh, two titles have been handed out. In A, Hayfield beat uh, Belgrade Brute now Rose of 51-49. Great ball game started at 11 a.m. And then Annandale beat Minneapolis North for the 2A crown 60-49. Their first championship, two to go, 3A at 5 o'clock. It'll be De La Salle against Totino Grace. Should be a great 3A championship game. Then tonight at the barn, it'll be defending champ Wyzetta taking on the number one seed, Park Center. And visiting with us now on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline is Wyzetta head coach Brian Schnettler. And uh, Brian, good to visit with you, and congrats on a great season so far. Yeah, thank you. We've we've had a fun group of kids that have really played for each other. It's been It's been awesome to be their coach. Yeah, and you won a title a year ago, and you go into this season, and every year there's turnover, but uh, this group has had a, a great season. Yeah, they have. I mean, we, we lost three senior guards from last year's group that, that won the championship, and then we had two kids uh, that leave. One kid moved to his family, another kid went to a prep school, but uh, this group has just been outstanding to to coach. They've really... Uh, connected with each other, and they got relationships that are going to last forever, and that's more important than anything that you do on the floor. So it's been it's been an amazing amazing group to coach. And you dropped one against Eden Prairie on January 25th, and you haven't lost since. That's got to be fun. Yeah, it has been. We won 16 games in a row. Our guys just keep getting better, and uh, they found a way to win some ugly games. They found a way to win when we're playing really well, and um defensively we just have in the playoffs we've been giving up um an average of about 40 44 points a game which is going to win you a lot of basketball games 
Yeah, it plays so well together, and I, I, I saw your team in the quarterfinals uh, take down Moorhead 71-28, to just got off to a fast start, and the, the Spuds didn't have much of a chance in that game. But uh, seeing you play, uh, whether it was on television earlier in the season, you played a lot of games on CCX, and I know John and Jay over at CCX quite a bit, and uh, having a chance to to see your team play twice here in the state tournament now, um, they really play well together. Everyone is on the same page. Yeah, um, it's it's a group that we are where we are. We get a chance to play for a championship tonight because of the group. Uh, I keep telling them we have talented players, and we're not. You don't get this far uh, if you don't have guys that can play individually. But we are, we've gotten to this point because of the team play the, the connectedness on defense and the effort on defense and uh, that ball moving all over the place on offense and giving up a good shot for a great shot and that's what's been special about this group is they've done it as a group and it's been really fun to just be a part of it yeah and uh, a lot of lot of leadership that sense is you, you talked about the players that were part of the title and are, are no longer there but uh it, it, this group seems to have have great leadership. They do. I mean, we returned three guys, well, four guys really, that were in the rotation during the state championship last year. Uh, but three senior captains and Drew Berkland, Carter Bierke, and Ryan Harvey um, have been playing for a number of years now. And they've earned the right to have one more game. And uh, we had our last practice yesterday, our last shoot around today. And these guys have been special for our program. And they've, they've done a great job of leading um, we got some other guys that are great, great leaders as well. And uh, a senior that never, never hardly plays for us, Theo Smith. We're not here without him and his leadership on, on the bench and the locker room, on the bus. All that stuff matters, and our guys know that. That's part of the reason they are as close as they are. Is they truly get it, and they get that the important thing is being around each other. And uh, early in the year, if someone said Park Center and Wyzetta will play for the 4A title, I'm, I'm sure a lot of people would say that sounds about right. And here we are. Yeah, I mean, we played back in December. Uh, we, we lost a close one to them, and uh, they're a very talented team, and, and they've added some more talent since we've played them. So um, it'll be a fun game. It'll be a game uh, of kind of different styles, um, but that's what makes what makes March fun. Yeah, and it, it's a team, and I've had a chance uh, living in the northern suburbs and calling games on cable TV to, to see the Pirates a, a couple of more times than I've seen your team, but um, – they also play together really well and 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 really get after it defensively, and I'm sure that's something any coach can uh, appreciate, how uh, they really make you work when they're on defense. Yeah, I mean, they're, they're very good defensively. They try and take you out of your stuff. Uh, they got guys that are obviously very committed to, to getting after it, and uh, they, they seem to play like playing for, with each other and for, for uh, Coach Ware. And Coach Bryant's over there as well, so it is. Um, it's going to be a big challenge tonight, but um, it's going to be a very fun night for uh, our program. Yeah, and what about being at Williams Arena, the elevated floor, and uh, the state tournament over there? Your first round game was over at Target Center, and then with, with scheduling o- over at the U. What's that experience been like? Yeah, I mean, I, our guys had not played at Williams Arena before, and I'd actually never coached a game at Williams yeah. Arena. Um, so it was a different different atmosphere, but it was actually it was louder uh, than what Target Center ever has been when we've played there in the past. And 
Um, I think it's actually it's fun to kind of a little more intimate, and it's it's it was a fun experience for our guys on Thursday night, and uh, I'm sure they'll enjoy it again tonight. Yeah, and uh, fan support that that that's something with with COVID and all the things that have been going on. Uh, packed gyms throughout the regular season, a section tournament, now a state tournament with big crowds. That, that, that's got to make it really extra fun as well to kind of return to normal and and a huge crowd expected for this one tonight. Yeah, I mean, just the return to normalcy um, in a lot of ways in life, but in, in high school basketball and high school sports, it's been really fun to just have fans. Our our student sections have been better. I've been at West Veta for eight years now. This is the best uh, student following that we've ever had. And uh, we got a bunch of seniors who uh, love this group and who in really just appreciate each other, have known each other for a long time. And it's been really fun to have their support this year. So it's Wyzetta against Park Center tonight at 8 o'clock. Uh, they beat Moorhead in the quarterfinals at Target Center on Tuesday and then on Thursday beat Creighton-Durham Hall at 59-48 the final, and once again, Park Center tonight at 8 o'clock. Uh, Brian, good to visit with you. Congrats on a great season. Look forward to the title game tonight. Thank you. Appreciate you having us. All right, there he is, Brian Schnettler, head coach at Wyzetta. The defending champ should be a great championship game. By the way, uh, the five, uh, the 3A starts at 5, and then uh, the 4A at 8 o'clock tonight, and Dave Lee uh, has a call on Channel 45. So that, that is good stuff. Let's see if we can get you a tournament a scoreboard update right now because there is consolation action over at uh, the Ganglehoff Center at Concordia St. Paul. And a lot of hardware being handed out over there today as well. Quick update on that. Uh, the early game, Class A consolation final Sacred Heart beat Russell Tyler Ruth and 63 to 54. Sacred Heart trailed 30 to 21 at the half. They roar back, get the victory today uh, over at Concordia St. Paul. Also at Concordia, class A third uh, this morning. New Life Academy beat Cherry 75 to 50. And then uh, in the 2A third place game, Caledonia beat Morris Serious 74 to 58. And in 3A third place, it was Mankato East beating Princeton 77-74. And uh, one other game underway over at Concordia, and that is Creighton-Durham Hall in Eastview. And they are playing for third place in 4A. If you're up to date on boys hoops, we're going to take a break right now. We'll come back. We'll have an update on the weather. And then we'll talk Viking football. It has been a very active offseason for the new general manager and the new head coach. But it looks like more of a tweak here and a tweak there. Kirk Cousins, still the starting quarterback. Uh, we'll, we'll get into all of that. Chris Thomason of the Pioneer Press scheduled to join us here on News Talk. E3-O-W-C-C-O. It has been an active offseason. It seems like it is every year in the NFL. It's a year-round business now and the Minnesota Vikings uh, in a competitive rebuild. Kirk Cousins signed, sealed, and delivered. Uh, the first big decision by uh, General Manager Quasi Adolfo Mensa and uh, uh, new head coach Kevin O'Connell. Now uh, they're they're trying to rebuild the defense, 
trying to do something about the offensive line. And joining us to talk about all of these moves and more is Chris Thomas, who covers the team for the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. Uh, always good to visit with you, Chris. How you been? Hey, doing great. All I miss is there was no weather report apparently heading into this, was there? Well, we we had spots before that. We we got into the weather report. The wind is going to finally die down tomorrow. It'll be cool, but it won't be as windy, which is a good thing. Okay, good. I'm fully briefed. Now we can talk yeah. Vikings. Yeah, there there we go. So we got we got the weather out of the way. Uh, and, and by the way, we'll have another weather report following the news at at five, Chris. Uh, I, I, I wish it was a little bit warmer. I got spoiled last Saturday and Sunday with those warm tents. I thought, okay, we're done with winter. Uh, time to move on to spring. Uh, the Vikings, um, in, in this, there, there was a lot of hand-wringing about Kirk Cousins, but obviously uh, the, the brain trust at TCO Performance Center said uh, that they're, they're better suited to hanging on to Kirk Cousins and uh, – moving forward with him and trying to solve some of their other problems. Yeah, you're absolutely correct. I mean, they got some cap room relief, about $14 million cap room relief, and they extended Kirk Cousins for one year, and he agreed to come, you know, extend at the same salary that uh, he's making this year, $35 million, and they moved the money around with the signing bonus and all that, so it's a $14 million savings this year on the cap and that has helped bring in some free agents uh Daniel hunter back in the fold they turned his 18 million dollar roster bonus into a signing bonus and that created 13 and a half million under the cap so boom that's like uh, you know almost 28 million right there and the vikings are now roughly about 16 million dollars under the cap so they still have money to play with yeah and chris is there a concern though that uh they're they're doing a little bit of what the previous regime done or did rick spielman uh mike zimmer and and kind of kick the can down the road that that you know maybe they they weren't willing to you know, go into complete rebuild mode, and, and that's a decision of the owners, I would assume, is that, you know, we don't want to tear this thing down and start over and go through a 3-14 and 14 campaign or a 4-13 four, four and 13 or, or something like that where the bottom falls out. So it, it's not, I use that term again, and it's been thrown around, that competitive rebuild. Well, the Vikings previously got hurt by COVID, which – wasn't obviously expected the salary cap going down last year of course they had big time salary cap issues riley reef was let go kyle rudolph was let go shamar stefan not that that exactly was a big loss was let go and uh the cap is going to be going up a lot in the next couple of years and that's unless there's another pandemic coming that's pretty much assured because the big, huge TV deals will start kicking in in 2024. So the cap next year, the Vikings adjusted cap now is about 209 million. Next year it should be, I don't know, 220, 225 range. But then boom, in in two years, it's expected to be somewhere in the vicinity of 260 million. So. Wow. Pushing this money down the road 
I mean, they're pretty sure that the cap's going to go way up. So I don't think it's uh, that dangerous what they're doing. And Chris Thomason covers the Vikings for the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. He joins us on the John Schuster Coldwell Banker Hotline. Uh, Chris, they've been able to make other moves beyond that. And like I say, there there were fans that were split, you know, big Kirk Cousins fans, people that were anti-Kirk Cousins. Uh, my, my Twitter feed was just filled with Kirk Cousins commentary for weeks on end. Thank goodness that's died down because – uh, that is a done deal, but they have made other moves, and they picked up uh, a couple of players from uh, east of the St. Croix in the Green Bay Packers. Yeah, Packers West this is becoming this <laughs> week. I mean, the Darius Smith, of course, he was let go in a salary-related really move by the Packers. Three years, $42 million deal, although the details on that deal came out a few days ago, and they're able to keep his cap number down this year to just about 3.1, a little bit over that because he has a $3 million roster bonus, but that doesn't count against the cap because it's uh, this year because he only played in one game last year. So that would push more money down the road if he plays in a bunch of games this year, which of course is what they want anyway. So that was a very uh, team-friendly deal they got there. And then they brought in Cannon uh, Sullivan, um, defensive back, had a chance to talk to him for a while earlier today. And one of the interesting things that he said, I mean, everybody's just assuming that he's going to be the slot back replacing Mackenzie Alexander, who they're not bringing back. But he said, hey, I mean, I could be the slot guy. I could be an outside corner. I could even be a safety, the guy who replaces Xavier Woods. So he doesn't seem to think that's a lock or a given. I mean, obviously, they'll see him out on the field. But regardless of where he plays, that seemed to be a uh, a value-type signing. I'm not sure how much he got on a one-year deal. I asked him if with incentives it uh, – you know, might be in the two to three million range, and he said potentially. So it seems to be in that general category, I would imagine. There have been some interesting comments as well about the offensive line that maybe, um, you know, a different scheme, different coaching, that this group isn't, isn't as terrible as has been let on. Um, the consensus is, though, is that it probably still needs some work. Yeah, I would agree with that. I mean, Christian Derisaw was solid at left tackle. I think he's going to develop into a solid guy there. Uh, Ezra Cleveland, solid left guard. Brian O'Neill, obviously a top-notch Pro Bowl selection at right tackle. So three of the five looking good. The others, not so much. I mean, uh, Garrett Bradbury might be a lame duck this year. I don't see him picking up his fifth year option. So, I mean, at this point, he's in line to, again, be the starting center, but he's possibly not a long-term piece there. And then right guard. I mean, they were looking at Ryan Bates, a restricted free agent, thinking that he might be a guy they could plug in at right guard, but uh, they lost out to the Bears in terms of an offer sheet being signed. We'll find out if Buffalo matches that next week. So 
Oliudo had a share of struggles at right guard, and uh, even you know the Vikings said during the later in the year they think he's a better tackle than a guard, but I mean he's obviously not going to start a tackle, so they need a right guard. So we'll have to see what happens there. Yeah, and, and still probably some moves to be made on the defensive side of the ball because really the past couple of seasons, um, sure, there there have been some issues with the O-line, but if you wanted to point to a unit that really, really struggled two seasons in a row, and it was Mike Zimmer's hallmark, was that defense. And, and they, they, they have work to do there. They still have work yeah, to do. No doubt. Yeah, no doubt about it, uh, Zimmer said in 2020 was the worst defense he ever had and then when they were 27th in the league in total defense and then it turns around this past year and uh they were even worse than they they were worse than the worst this past year and obviously Zimmer's uh in charge of the defense and uh, of course he got fired and the decline in the defense was a key reason why so I mean they're doing a good job working on their front seven so far, they've brought in, uh, we mentioned Smith, we mentioned retaining Hunter, and uh, free agents, defensive tackle Harrison Phillips, linebacker Jordan Hicks, and now they you know, definitely have some more work to do with the secondary. The first guy they've brought in is, is uh, we just mentioned Shannon Sullivan, but will they resign Patrick Peterson? Are they going to bring in maybe another safety or do they possibly feel good about Cameron Bynum but uh, they definitely need another cornerback or two yeah and that 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 brings us to the draft which is you know the the next big event in all of this and all that speculation is well with that first round pick at number 12 they they're, they're gonna have to draft a, a corner of some sort and well, that uh, may not sit so well uh, with Viking fans who think they, they should uh, go O-line. But back to that, they, they may be in a position where they may need to use that, that number one on a corner or a defensive back of some sort. Yeah, I would think so, a cornerback, because there's some strong cornerbacks and one should definitely still be around at 12. You got uh, Stingley and Gardner, McDuffie, I mean, one of those guys, I would think. Uh, people have mentioned edge rusher, but obviously getting Zadarius Smith helped the cause there. And, uh, yeah, I, I would be surprised at this point if it's anything other than a cornerback, unless, of course, they trade down and maybe, you know, get two picks for that and one's a cornerback and one's something else or something like that. Um, one other thing that that has come up, and this this world around Kirk Cousins is the number one, and um, it, this doesn't seem to be a great quarterback draft. Do, do you see them looking at quarterbacks somewhere in this draft, or are they going to stand pat? And since they have Kirk Cousins and other options at the moment to back him up, that uh, they'll they'll maybe took a look at that in a future draft. I would be surprised they could take a quarterback in this draft. They've got Kirk Cousins now under contract the next two years. Sean Mannion looks to be in line to be the backup again. They secured him and gave him 277000 in guaranteed money, which uh, pretty much shows that uh, they wanted to solidify that and have him in 
by the time spring drills start April 11th. I mean, Kellen Mond, the current coaching staff, has not seen him up close, and they'll want to evaluate him and figure out if he is a long-term option or not. So they got Mond, who's almost like a draft choice because he's new to the new regime, so they're going to want to look at him. So I think the only way they take a quarterback is if maybe they take a flyer on somebody that's dropped unexpectedly in, in the late round or something like that. But I would imagine 2023, if Kirk Cousins doesn't extend again next March, is when they're going to want to hone in maybe on a first-round quarterback. And then finally, Chris, before we let you go, um, when when they started making these moves, particularly the one on Cousins, that, that really gave me the sense that, that the general manager, Quasi Adolfo Mensa, and the new head coach, Kevin O'Connell, uh, probably were in some way, shape, or form following the order's ownership that they didn't want to tear down. And I brought that up a little bit earlier, that they, 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 didn't, they didn't want to go that route, and they, they wanted to try and stay competitive. Now, Green Bay has Aaron Rodgers back, but um, – there, there's still an opportunity in the division and, and to get into the playoffs. Do you get the sense that it was as much about the Wilps and their desire to, hey, we, we want to try and win now? Well, I mean, Mark Wilps said from the very start, he's been saying it regularly since yep. the end of the season, that uh, they're not going to rebuild. And they keep saying it's a collaborative effort, and I certainly don't disagree with that. And uh, – the press conference where Kevin O'Connell was hired, both he and Quasey said the plan was to keep Kirk Cousins. I mean, they pretty much said that from the get-go, and that's exactly what they did. I mean, they had to iron out something that made sense for both parties. If he was asking for $45 million, you know, for the next year, that wasn't going to work. But, uh, they, you know, Quasey called it a win-win type situation, which uh, – I don't disagree with. So, uh, yeah, and, I mean, look at the NFC. Um, People are talking about a lot of the players in the NFC going to the AFC. I mean, the Packers are definitely going to be the division favorite, but there's no reason the Vikings can't be a playoff team. And even the last couple years when they had losing records, I mean, two years ago Chicago made the playoffs and the Vikings were probably better than they were. Last year, Philadelphia made the playoffs, and the Vikings were probably better than they were. So, I mean, there's no reason that they can't return to the playoffs in 2022. Yeah, and really, it it gets down to if Daniil Hunter is healthy and is able to play, you know, 16 or all 17 games next regular season, you can't underestimate the impact a Daniil Hunter playing at a very high level, uh, certainly a Pro Bowl level, one of, one of the more dominant players up front in the league, what impact that could have on the defense as a whole, for instance. Yeah, yeah, you're absolutely correct. And you could say that his, his neck injury 2020, his torn pectoral injury 2021 were maybe freak-type things that happened. It's not like it's a knee injury that's degenerating or anything along those lines. So 
the Vikings are certainly hopeful and believe that Hunter will be healthy this season. And, and you know, Zadarius Smith, I mean, that's a guy who missed 16 games last year due to a back injury. And Quasey said the other day it was pivotal that he did return for that playoff game. But obviously he's another guy that they need to pretty much be healthy just about all the season as well. All right, Chris, always good to visit with you. Thanks. Thank you, sir. There he is, Chris Thomason, covers of hikes for the Pioneer Press online at TwinCities.com. Quick break. We'll come back. A whole lot more on a Sports Saturday. News Talk, E3OWCCO. Twins fall in the Grapefruit League, New Atlanta today. 8-6, you heard it here. Corey and Danny with the call. Same deal tomorrow at noon of the Twins and the Red Sox. That'll follow the huddle. Mike Max, Pete Najarian between 10 and noon. Then uh, the Twins from the Grapefruit League. We're coming up on opening day, April 7th already. Man, time flies. And uh, sneak peek at the weather. There's an advanced forecast that says sunny and highs in the 50s for opening day at Target Field. I hope they're on the money. We'll have the news in a moment. Why? Why? If you have T-Mobile 5G home internet, you might be hearing this a lot. Why? Every time your internet slows down during the busiest hours. Why? Why? Because your network gives priority to cell phone users. Why? Why? Good question. Why not switch to Cox Internet with two times faster download speeds than T-Mobile 5G home internet during peak hours? Okay. Stop the whys and visit cox.com slash 5G home for details. T-Mobile prioritizes certain T-Mobile phone users over home internet users during times of congestion. Celebrate and save at Ashley's Anniversary Sale. With Hot Buys, your choice of color starting at just $3.99. Ashley Sleep Mattresses starting at $2.50. Plus, receive a free adjustable base with select mattress purchases. And shop top mattress brands like Stearns & Foster, Tempur-Pedic, Purple, and Beautyrest Black with 60-month special financing only at Ashley. Subject to credit approval. No minimum purchase required. Minimum monthly payment, down payment, tax, and delivery may be required. See store for details. 